Morning! This is The Economy Guy by Tom Harvey. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics. And this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them. And occasionally, my opinion. I want this to be educational for yourself so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy. Welcome. Sunday, May 31st, and we are slowly coming out of this virus. The economy seems to be, have stopped falling, maybe, maybe, even though there's more people unemployed. Well, the markets this last week, I don't even have to talk about, because basically there was no change. Hey, stock prices went up a little bit, but everything else is about the same. Uh, in the oil area, our production in the United States is going down, but the prices kind of stayed level. Everything stayed level, so no big changes this week. Uh, what you're going to hear today is, uh, first of all, your favorite oddball news. We'll hit those fun things. The um, we're going to talk about some U.S. economic indicators and the upcoming U.S. economy. In other words, a little projection out of where we're going to be in a month or two, what's really coming, maybe three months. And then finish it with a prediction for what's happening in the next 12 months. That's it for right now. Hang on, and we'll come back with that oddball news. All news. These are the things that you're not going to catch anywhere else in the world no matter how hard you listen to the news. Did you know that China is depreciating its currency right now, slowly? It's been doing that for the last few months during the virus. I believe that this is part of a uh, their trade war with the United States or our trade war with them. It's, uh, trade wars are bilateral. So, that is China. Venezuela, this is a fun one. You know, Venezuela is a major oil producer, or at least was a major oil producer. Uh, we had big American oil companies down there pumping oil in the past. However, the current leader doesn't like that, so he's doing it himself, but he's run out of gasoline. So he is now buying gasoline from Iran. 60 million gallons is coming over on about three different tankers so that the people of Venezuela can drive their cars. Uh, I would say that's a, a sure sign of how socialism fails. Now, was uh, Keynes wrong? Here's the good question. John Maynard Keynes, he was an economist back in the Great Depression, the 30s. That was his era. And his, his basic contribution was that governments can do deficit spending and stimulate the economy by doing it. P.S. He also said you had to pay back the deficit spending with reserves afterwards so that you had a balanced budget. But everybody's ignored that since then. Um, that was during the Great Depression, right? But since 2008, we've had huge deficit spending, but very, very little stimulus. Uh, you've done deficit spending, you're supposed to get stimulus, but the stimulus didn't work too much. Very little, very little, very small percentage of the money that was deficit spent actually created a stimulus in the economy. You see, Keynes assumed that, 
that when you started the stimulus, government spending, that you would have a balanced budget before you did deficit spending. But today we have a huge debt and deficit spending. It just doesn't work in that environment. So uh, Keynes didn't think of everything. He didn't know what we would be doing in 2020. Next, Warren Buffett. He uh, says said that the market uncertainty is too great to make investments. Now that's what one of the best, the greatest investment person alive today is saying about today's environment. Kind of interesting. He's very conservative. Take that. So he's not a risk, big risk taker. He likes to see what the future is and have confidence about it. You see, the virus economy that we're in right now has never happened before. So today, we're in an unknown situation. That's what Warren Buffett is basically saying. Beware of all of this good stuff. So that's it for the Oddball News. Be right back again with the U.S. Economic... the U.S. economy today. Let's look at the big indicators and see what, how they can be interpreted for what's going on in the U.S. economy and what they mean and why we are in unprecedented era. GDP. Did you know that GDP is equal to the money supply, how many bucks are out there in circulation, times the velocity of that money? That's one of the definitions of GDP. Interesting. Velocity is very important, key indicator of what's going on. Let's start with the inflation rate. Well, we talked about that. It's deflation rate right now. Inflation rate is minus 2%. The deflation rate is 2% down. 2%, right? That's what the consensus thinks. I personally think it's probably 4% down. Deflation rate about 4% right now. Now, there's an interesting statistical correlation between inflation and bond yields. If inflation goes down, bond yields go down. So we're seeing as deflation is happening, and we can't stop that, that's what's really going on in our markets right now, the bond yields are going down, and that's what the Fed is doing, but the whole, all bond yields are coming down. There's a huge debt. Next point here. There's a huge debt. The debt to GDP ratio for all debt in the United States is over 400%. And that means less inflation, or that that in itself pushes down inflation. Kind of an interesting statistic itself, isn't it? Did you know that the savings rate for people, personal savings rate, is up a lot? It's really good that it's up. But did you know the corporate savings rate is down a lot more? So that the net between those two is negative. The savings, the amount of savings is going down. And with no net savings, in other words, negative net savings, there is no investment to grow out of this problem. Uh, this is a big problem. We need money in order to grow out, not borrowed money, saved money. That's what really pulls you out. Now, the debt to GDP is going up as we increase debt. In fact, GDP is coming down, so they, both of those things are pushing the debt to GDP ratio up. So bond yields are coming down because it's correlated. There is an inverse relationship there. Did you know uh, how, when you do deficit spending, that debt, how much it produces 
in the surplus of the economy? Well, back in the 30s, it, it was maybe you spent a dollar of deficit spending and maybe got $2 in the economy or maybe a dollar and a half. Well, today it's, guess it, 40 cents. So you don't get the big bang for the buck. You get, in fact, a deflated buck. And it's predicted that that will be 25 cents by the end of this year. So things are getting terrible in the United States. Incidentally, all other nations in the world are worse than the United States in that ratio. This is called a law of diminishing returns. As you increase the debt, the bang for the buck goes down. See, you see, there's lots of money around. The banks have these excess reserves we talked about. It's the highest ever. But uh, there's little out-of-control lending. You don't see crazy lending going on, do you? No, people have pulled in being conservative. So there's no inflation. And that could be true for years and years. That's not just right now. So with big debt, money goes, any money that's earned goes to repay principal and interest on that debt. So the bigger the debt, the more money goes to repay it. That's very not constructive. That's not growing. That's just paying debt. And guess what happens when that happens? The more you would just pay principal and interest back, the velocity of money goes down. And that's what we're seeing right now, a huge decline in the velocity of money. You see, debt, when you take on debt, it's an increase in current spending in exchange for a decrease in future spending. In other words, you're borrowing money to buy something you would have bought in the future. If you had wanted to buy a house with cash, you'd buy it later because you don't have the cash now, but you can buy it now with a mortgage, right? Well, there's good debt and bad debt. Here's what good debt is. Say that you want to buy a rental house and you get a mortgage for that. That mortgage is debt, right? But that rental house will provide a stream of money that will pay for that debt. That is good debt. That's the correct use for debt. Now, U.S. <laughs> 10 predictions for what could happen in the next year. Probably greater than 50% chance that any of these might happen. I'm not saying to invest in these. Please make it very clear. This is not investment advice. It's just information advice. First one, interest rates are falling. In fact, globally, I think we'll see negative interest rates on average. If people wanted to make money in that, they would trade Chinese bonds or Norwegian bonds. Kind of interesting because they have the highest interest rate. As with falling rates, the lower it goes, the higher the value goes. Okay, demographics, debt, and deflation, the three deadly Ds, are working against our economy. Uh... We are in a deep recession. That's what I would call a depression. Yes, indeed. Third one. Passive investments are not going to work. If you buy an index and hold it, that's kind of not what the future is all about. Active investments, in other words, staying on top of what's going because we have a high volatility environment. Remember, I talk about volatility a lot. How fast are things going up and down? you got to stay on top of that if you're going to be making investments. So active investments. Buying and selling. Not necessarily trading, but uh, you know, staying on top of it. That's the way to make money in the, in the uh, next year. See, stocks are overvalued, in my opinion, right now. Uh, the VIX, that's the velocity. Uh, the, uh, that's the uh, fear index, as I call it. Uh, 
you can make money because you can actually buy and sell that index, believe it or not, on that. And uh, you see, in 2019, the VIX was low. It was, uh, the volatility was low all 2019, and stock prices went up. You couldn't lose money in stocks. Well, now the VIX is high. Watch out. Okay, currencies. Uh, the Fed's trying to uh, weaken the dollar. So if that's the case, then gold is the replacement for that. So gold is a potential investment. And uh, my opinion, gold is an insurance against devaluation. And it's not an investment. But it's an insurance bet. Oil prices are uh, coming back. So, uh, the, hey, the sh we've stopped uh, pumping shale oil because the Saudis dropped price so low. But it's coming back. So oil prices coming up, oil companies might be a decent investment sometime. Japan uh, is in a deflation, even worse uh, with the uh, with the worst kind of money they're having. They're printing like crazy. And so Japan's in a situation where they must devalue the yen. That's coming. The European Central Bank is printing euros like they're going out of style, billions and trillions of them. So the euro will probably become devalued also in the future. Best investments for companies, meaning stocks, are probably in emerging markets in China, the best potential there. But you need real expertise in order to, be, to buy more safely there, or wisely. Gold uh, will probably surge, and uh, gold stocks will surge even more. In other words, stock Stocks of gold mining companies uh, will probably go up faster and higher than the gold price itself. That's 10. Here's an 11th one. It's a bonus. How about Bitcoin? I consider that the scariest investment in the world. Why the scariest? Because it's not associated with any asset, right? Gold is backed by gold. It's gold is gold, right? What's Bitcoin? It's a number. So uh, that's it for the day. A lot of people made a lot of money in Bitcoin. I'm not saying it's bad, but who knows? This uh, predictions are saying Bitcoin could go up. Be talking to you. And now for the U.S. economic indicators. First of all, more people, another couple million people were uh, uh, in the unemployment claims. Area Now, why hasn't that stopped? We're coming out of this virus. You would think, oh, well, that would be the end of the unemployment claims, wouldn't you? <clears throat> but I said, no, it's the uh, a couple of million uh, a, a week are still going to claim it after, you know, for the foreseeable future. And why is that? Well, that's because we have companies going bankrupt right now and they're laying off employees who didn't think they'd be laid off. And that will continue as we go in and the real economy what's happening out there, it really takes effect. So uh, anticipate more people on unemployment. Housing sales is a very bright spot. It's up. The number of housing sales. The housing inventory, the number of houses for sale, is down. This is a seller's market. This is a bright spot in the U.S. economy. Kind of interesting. Won't last forever, but it is there today. Uh, so the inflation rate is going down in the United States. In fact, it's going to be negative. Now, the definition of a negative inflation rate is deflation. So we're going to go from an inflationary plus 2% pre-virus to a current 
negative deflationary rate to be announced, you know, a few percent. Uh, deflation is a fun environment to be in. People are not used to it. The expectations, which is something that people measure, believe it or not, expectations for future inflation are up, 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 up to an all-time high. In other words, the general consensus is that the future will have very high inflation because the Fed has been printing a lot of money. That's the thought process back there. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little more detail. I don't necessarily go along with that expectation. The Fed is increasing the money supply. In fact, they increased it about $100 billion last week. So that's nice, and that is inflationary, even though we're in a deflationary environment. And they are creating lots of liquidity. That's what the Fed does. They print money and they create liquidity. What is liquidity? Liquidity is money that can be lent but isn't lent yet. In other words, it's not doing anything but sitting on a in a computer as a number. <clears throat> For example... Bank reserves are soaring because the Fed uh, released uh, the requirement for bank reserves. So there's huge bank reserves sitting there. That's liquidity. That's not being lent. Why? Because the Fed wants it more lending to happen. Because more lending means more economy pumping stimulus. That's what the Fed wants. But the Fed can't create inflation. Only markets can create inflation. The Fed can create money and liquidity. It takes a borrower to make a loan. In other words, where's the demand? That's the question, and that's the problem today. And so what do you have to watch in the future? If you're going to really predict inflation in the future, it's going to take a lot of borrowers. Watch banks lending to commercial and individuals. See if the lending, when the lending starts going up, that's when inflation will kick up, kick in because more money will be in circulation. There's huge amounts, trillions of dollars sitting there ready to be lent, but not being lent because there's no borrowers. That's it for right now. Let's come back with some near-term predictions for our economy. Thanks for joining me. And be sure to hit the subscribe button to get future podcasts. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor myself, not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market, and that I disclaim any responsibility from any negative effects of decisions made by people. <laughs>